When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. So we've reached that special time of year. Uh, Winter is ending. The sun is starting to shine. Birds are out. And there is definitely someone in your office trying to get you to bet $20 on a March Madness bracket. But we have our own March Madness showdown here at Atlas Obscura. Because basketball is not the only ball game around. And today, we've got a matchup that is going to make basketball madness feel tiny. It's going to feel insignificant. Because welcome, everyone, to the world's biggest brawl of twine. The biggest brawl! Here's the deal. For decades, two rival balls of twine have tussled for the title of the world's largest. Well, today, we are going to settle it once and for all with a little help from our Places editors. We have Jonathan Carey representing the twined triumph of Darwin, Minnesota, and Michelle Cassidy representing the wound wonder of Cawker City, Kansas. Jonathan, the ball is in your court. Well, I'm going to tell you about a true artisan, Vincent Van Gogh of twine, if you will. A craftsman who created the largest ball of twine rolled by one person. That man was Francis Austin Johnson. And his glorious creation became such a thing of awe and beauty and amazement that it even inspired a song by one of America's greatest living musicians. You know, the one that go... Well, we'll get to that later. First, we have to start with the creation of the ball, which begins in Meeker County, Minnesota, not far from the ball's current location in Darwin, Minnesota. See, Francis Johnson was a retired craftsman and a carpenter with plenty of time to build and create his legacy. And in 1950, Johnson began to tinker and slowly craft the ball in his basement. And... What started as a simple hobby to pass the time soon became a massive passion project. And Francis Johnson had a very specific method. You have to remember, he was a carpenter, a craftsman, but most importantly, an artisan. 
he'd meticulously unroll the messy piles of twine given to him by local farmers. And then he'd carefully tie the loose strings together and then re-spool the twine. Only then did he start adding this new twine to his groin ball. And Johnson dedicated around four hours a day to his beloved ball of twine. And being a craftsman, he even made a special set of tweezers so that he could ever so delicately navigate these strands of thread. You see, perfection was Johnson's game. Eventually, the ball began to grow too large and it could barely fit through his door. So Johnson moved it to his front yard. To make sure the ball maintained its spherical shape, Johnson used a railroad jack so that he could lift the ball so that he could turn and shape it into the perfect, perfect shape. And as the ball grew and grew, so did Johnson's celebrity. More and more people around town would bring him twine to use. But you see, his fame began to spread even farther. Newspapers came to photograph Johnson and his amazing creation. And he was even flown to the Big Apple along with the ball of twine. In 1955, they'd be featured on the TV quiz show, I've Got a Secret. Johnson kept crafting his ball of twine until 1979. 29 years in total. When finally completed, the ball measured 40 feet in diameter, 11 feet in height, and weighed around 17,400 pounds. That same year, Johnson's creation was entered into the Guinness World Records. Sadly, Francis Johnson passed away in 1989, but his legendary perfect ball of twine has lived on and his popularity has continued to grow and grow. In 1991, a flatbed truck showed up in Meeker County and the ball was moved to the town of Darwin, Minnesota. And that's where it lives today. Showcased like a work of art that it is in a massive glass gazebo in the center of the town. In fact, it has become the town's number one tourist attraction, drawing in thousands of visitors a year. So, if you're looking to visit the Ball of Twine, best time of the year to go is during the Twine Festival, where you could easily book a room at the Twine Inn. But, be sure to stop at the Twine Ball Antique Shop while you're there. And one thing's for certain, you're sure to hear it during this festival as the sweet sounds of a song written about this amazing feat of creativity. A song written by none other than Weird Al Yankovic. Well, I had two weeks of vacation time coming after working all year down at Big Roy's eating and plumbing. So one night when my family and I were gathered round the dinner table I said, kids, if you could go anywhere in this great big world now Where'd you like to go to? They said, Dad, we want to see the biggest bar of twine in Minnesota They picked the biggest bar of twine in Minnesota So that was a strong 
start to the game. Strong opening. Francis Johnson is clearly a master of his craft. It is not just 17,400 pounds of twine. That is 17,400 pounds of fight, of personal devotion wound into a gigantic ball of twine. But Francis Johnson's 12-foot ball does face a serious competitor. There is stiff competition 500 miles to the south, and we're about to meet them. Michelle, ball's in your court. Cocker City, Kansas. It's a small town with a population of just 457 as of 2020. If you find yourself downtown, you will see these winding, twisting yellow lines painted on Cocker City's sidewalks. They're meant to look like long strings of twine, and if you follow them, they'll lead you to a gazebo guarding a huge, straw-colored mound. A sign outside the shelter tells you exactly what you are looking at. This is the world's largest ball of twine. You might be able to smell it before you enter the gazebo. The entire thing is made out of cecil fiber, which has a distinctive sort of musky scent that can be polarizing. For some people, it reminds them of their grandparents' barn, and for other people, it smells something more like a wet dog. You can walk right up and touch it if you want, as long as you do not try to climb on top. The behemoth ball measures about 45 feet around, and it weighs more than 20,000 pounds. Like all big things, Cocker City's ball of twine started out quite small. It was born in 1953, after a farmer named Frank Stober tripped while walking the fields on his property just outside of town. Cecil fiber is used to wrap bales of hay and straw, so farmers tend to have a ton of scrap on their hands. Some of it could be reused for smaller jobs or maybe stitched into baskets and coasters, but most farmers just burned it. That was Frank's plan back in 1953, but then he started rolling some of those little disparate bits together. There was no grand plan. Frank just wanted to see how big of a ball he could make with his scrap. Weeks went by, and Frank kept winding. Pretty soon, it was big enough that friends and neighbors had heard about it and started bringing over their own scrap to contribute to the ball. Frank dutifully logged the names of every person who contributed in a small notebook, but he insisted on adding the twine himself. He had a particular method for wrapping the ball to keep it tight and as round as possible. By the time he was about three years in, the ball had reached a diameter of seven feet, which is a circumference of about 23 feet around. It weighed 4,035 pounds, and it was so big that when Frank wanted to add more twine, he had to hook the ball up to his tractor and roll it around the yard. A local newspaper published a short article about Frank and his big ball of twine, complete with a portrait. It's a great photo. Frank is standing like a proud parent in front of his bouncing baby ball of twine. Most of the coverage focused on details about the ball rather than the man behind it. But from the few quotes that we do have, Frank seemed like an exceedingly practical guy. 
When asked about the growing size, he said, I guess if I make it any bigger, I'll just have to build a bigger building to put it in. And that's exactly what happened. In 1961, the ball had basically outgrown the barn, and Frank rolled his creation off the farm and into Cocker City. That year was Kansas's centennial, and the ball became a feature of the town's local celebration. But after the parties and the parades were over, it stuck around. The city built a gazebo to protect the twine from the elements, and more and more tourists began stopping in Cocker City to gawk at this amazing creation. If they were lucky, they might even spot Frank Stober himself, now in his 70s, but still regularly coming by to add more twine. In 1973, Guinness declared his creation to be the world's largest ball of twine. He died a year later. The ball remained in its shelter in the middle of town, having reached a circumference of 40 feet by the time Frank died. But then, a few years later, it started to grow again? For years, Cocker City had hosted a big town picnic at the end of the summer. And in the late 70s, they put out a call in the paper asking folks to bring any twine they could spare to an event that they called the Twinathon, where anyone could contribute to the ball that Frank had started. From that point on, the ball became a community project. Today, a retired librarian named Linda Clover is the caretaker for the Ball of Twine. She's been looking after it since the 1990s, keeping track of its still-growing size and weight, and looking out for any unauthorized materials that might be added. Linda has been in Cocker City long enough to remember Frank himself tending to the ball. These days, it's not quite as spherical as it once was. Because people can't easily reach the top, twine has accumulated on the bottom half, making it look less like a ball and more like a gigantic, unfrosted cupcake. According to Linda's numbers, the ball is now made up of more than 8 million feet of twine. And it's still growing. And you could be a part of it. Anyone who comes into Cocker City is welcome to add to the ball, as long as that addition is pure Cecil twine. With each new length, another person is tied to the story of this marvelous, strange creation. Their individual strand is intertwined with the thousands of others who've helped create this monument, winding back and back and back to that first bit of twine that Frank Stober tripped over 70 years ago. And that's why this is truly the biggest ball of twine in the world. Okay, so, wow, we have some real heavy hitters on our hand. In the one case, you've got Frank Stober's Ball of Twine in Kansas, which is, it's the biggest by a good 6,000 pounds, and it's become this true community effort. But it has also kind of lost its spherical shape. It's a bit of a blob, and I think that counts against it a little bit. But then there's Francis Johnson's in Minnesota, which is smaller and lighter, but has been preserved in its perfect, well-crafted roundness. And I don't enjoy being the judge on this because it is a tough decision. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hey, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Um, we are patching through. Uh, we're, we're patching through another producer with some late breaking okay. news. So uh, everyone, I'm sorry, but I am. My producer is telling me that there's someone joining me right now with with another. Uh, another entry. Hello, who is this? 
Hey, Dylan. Uh, hello. Is that uh, is that Diana Hubble, associate editor at Atlas Obscura and new member of the Places team? Hello. Hello. So I heard from Jonathan and Michelle about this um, March Madness of twine. Yes, and yes. I hate to be the one to complicate things here, but I've got a late-breaking contender. <gasps> a third massive ball of twine? It can't be. Well, it can, because I'm coming to you live from Wisconsin. Now, this ball of twine is also the work of just one man, a man named JFK. A giant ball of twine made by JFK. We're off, we're off to a good start. Go on. Okay, it gets better because the story here doesn't start with just this one man. No, Hmm. JFK's ball of twine started with a message from God. A message from God. This is how many sports competitions are won by by faith. Okay, so let's hear it. Diana, third entrant into our massive ball of twine madness. Ball's in your court, Diana. Diana. James Frank Kutera, something of a local legend in Lake Nebagaman, a sleepy little village in Wisconsin. For one thing, he insisted on being called by his initials, JFK, although some people in town still refer to him as the Twine Man. In the mid-1970s, JFK was struggling with a drinking problem. Then one day, he had an epiphany. He claims that the Lord spoke to him and told him to give up booze and turn to twine. And so, on Tuesday, April 3rd, 1979, JFK got winding. Now, I don't want to be a skeptic, but I can't help but notice that 1979 was also the year that the ball of twine in Minnesota made it into the record books. And JFK did say in later interviews that he wanted to, quote, beat those other balls of twine. But whether it's a work of divine inspiration or a work of earthly ambition, JFK's masterpiece is noteworthy. His ball may not be as large as the competition, but it is heavier. Much, much heavier. According to his records... JFK's ball reached a final weight of 24,160 pounds. JFK's smaller but much denser ball is a product of a special weaving technique that he developed. You have to, like, how does it work? Because it's really, it's firm, like, it's it's really solid. Do you tie, you have to tie each one? Yeah, weave it over and under, over and under, having them all. Is, can, can you put one on now? Sure. I would love that. That was JFK himself from an interview in 2021. Now, it helped that he had a ready supply of twine at his disposal when undertaking a project like this. He worked at the nearby town dump for decades. Plenty of farmers dumped their excess twine, and three times a week, JFK would head over and stuff garbage bags full. The rest of the week, he would spend four to five hours a day tying them together Unlike the other balls of twine, JFK didn't just use plain old brown twine. He incorporated strands of red, yellow, electric blue. And JFK had a method for keeping track of the weight. He'd weigh each individual bag of twine that he brought home from the dump, and then add that weight to the total. Super simple, low-tech, effective. Little by little, the mighty ball grew, and so did the crowds. 
travelers from more than 61 countries have signed their names on ledgers here. And over the years, visitors brought their own twine from destinations as far as Denmark. JFK even gave his colossus a little sibling, a 47-pound ball of twine he called Junior. Most people who stopped by got to meet the maker in person and posed for photos holding Junior in front of its big brother. In 1993, the Guinness Book of World Records came through town to certify JFK's magnum opus. Not as the biggest, but as the heaviest ball of twine. And JFK just kept adding more and more to his own record. When Katie Couric brought a camera crew in 2008, the ball of twine was up to 19,875 pounds and still growing. When asked at the time what he thought of being on national TV, JFK said, quote, It's pretty darn neat that the people all the way in New York are paying attention. I'm having a ball. He also added, quote, I plan on doing this until I die. And that is exactly what he did. After working on the ball of twine almost every day for 43 years, JFK passed away on January 14th this year, 2023. While his ball of twine is no longer growing, it is on public display. In a plain open-air shed by the side of the road in Lake Nebagaman, perched atop a big pile of cinder blocks, 22 feet long and roughly the height of a basketball hoop. 24,160 pounds of twine, carefully wound by the hands of one dedicated man. Forget about March Madness, because out in the Midwest, in the twine belt of America, the greatest ball game of all time has been underway for decades. You've got JFK, who by all accounts appears to have made the world's heaviest and densest ball of twine. You have Frank Stober, who set in motion a ball of twine with the biggest surface area, and Francis Johnson, whose creation may not be as heavy or as big as his rivals, but is the most beautiful ball in the game. We set out to settle this, but I don't think we can. I think it's too close to call. And after hearing each of these stories, I think there's only one way to really end this. I am starting on this day, today, my own ball of twine. Fellas, I am coming for those world records. It's already one inch wide. I'll see you in the record books, fellas. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Manolo Morales. Baudelaire. Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by... Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris. Wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. 
That's why you gotta check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. 